This is Cover Story with Stephanie Shanakan. It's a show where I have conversations with folks about the song covers we all love and examine the stories behind why we like them. I'm interested in uncovering the personal stories about how we connect with these great songs and what these songs mean to our lives. Ultimately, I get my guests to choose a version of the song they prefer and to defend their choice. Today, I'm chatting with my good friend, Brian Bhutan, about a song that's very personal to him and also to me. And that song, I'm Here. It's a song about taking stock of what you have. I got my house, it still keep the cold out. As basic as that might be, a house, a chair, the love of a sister, the beauty of a tall tree, and your own courage to stand up for yourself and practice thankfulness for what you are through it all. And none of those themes are surprising since the song is inspired by Alice Walker's book, The Color Purple, and comes from the soundtrack to the musical version of that classic. So this episode, we're comparing the two artists who brought that song to life on Broadway. First, in the original Broadway version of 2007, with the artist Fantasia's interpretation of the song. And then, in the 2015 Broadway revival of The Color Purple, with Cynthia Erivo's version that brought down the house. So we'll break down what this song means to us on this episode of Cover Story with me, Stephanie Shanikan. My guest today is my very good friend, Brian Bhutan. Hey, Brian. Hey, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. It's so good to be here. Yes, good to have you here. Um, so what song are we going to talk about? Uh, we're going to talk about um, I'm Here. That was written for the Broadway musical of The Color Purple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which you actually saw in, on, I, on, at, in, on Broadway, yes, correct? Yes, we saw on Broadway mm-hmm. on opening night. Mm-hmm. Oprah was of a few rows did. in front of us. <laughs> Um, Vera Wang was in the audience. Kumo D sat in front of us as well. But um, yeah, and we saw the, in 2015, the revival. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't see the, I think it was the original, 2005 2007. to 2007, yeah. mm-hmm. something like that's that. That's right, that's right. So we saw it with uh, Cynthia Erivo as mm-hmm. the lead. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Hudson was in it at the time as well, mm-hmm. Danielle Brooks. Um, but we didn't see the LaShawn's version in 2005, and then Fantasia, Fantasia. took her place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were at these concerts and you've always used the, the pronoun we. So let's talk about who we is. We, uh, we was my late spouse, uh, George Warren. Uh, we were together for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, George passed in 2017, five years ago. Oddly enough, I don't, I don't know when this will air, but um, it's literally two dates from the time that he passed, mm-hmm. two days. Mm-hmm. Um, so five it's years uh, five years mm-hmm. ago. So it's, um, it was really uh, emotional. Um, and, and good mm-hmm. uh, to, to spend some time reflecting about this particular song mm-hmm. and, and what it meant for us and in our journey and, and the ways it met us at different times in our, you know, of our lives. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and I think that you and I have talked about this 
five years ago, two days be- before he passed, mm-hmm. he asked you to actually play this song, yeah, right? Yeah, we played Can it we talk in the about hospital. that? Um, it was just, um, you know, he had been diagnosed with lung cancer in uh, January of that same year. It hadn't metastasized at the time. It was just in the left lung. And we actually had a lot of hope. He had responded. He was the picture of health mm-hmm. otherwise. Um, and so the doctors had really thought he had responded really well to the treatment. Um, and then in May, we found out that it metastasized to his spine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by July, he was, he was really struggling. Mm-hmm. We were in the ICU. You know, we had really gone down all the avenues. And um, I, was, I literally re- was journaling this morning. And I, this was this morning there. I was, I was rubbing his feet. And his oxygen saturation was just really low. Mm-hmm. He was really struggling to breathe, even though he was on mm-hmm. the maximum amount of oxygen that they could give. And he just said, Brian, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And um, he made the decision to go to palliative care mm-hmm. that day, and, mm-hmm. and you know he passed on two days later. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, uh, this song um, and another song from the from the Color Purple soundtrack, and um, a, a gospel artist that we adore, um, we we listened to music that morning as as we made that transition up to the ICU. Mm-hmm. And this song still pierces me when mm-hmm. I hear it mm-hmm. for for lots of reasons. Mm-hmm. There's um, I always say there's, there's roses and thorns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those last six months were um, some of the most challenging, but some of the most tender moments of our 20 years together. Mm-hmm. Um, some really beautiful moments there. Yeah. yeah. Sister, I can feel her now. She may not be here, but she's still mine, I know. She still loved me Got my children I can't hold them now They may not be here So I'm here from The Color Purple and the, the two versions we're going to talk about this afternoon are the version by Fantasia mm-hmm. Barino and the version by Cynthia Erivo. Correct. So we'll we'll get to how different those two versions are, but in in its essence, this song is really about being present, right? Being being in the moment and sort of reflecting on all the struggles that have brought you to this point. It's a song about love, self love, but also love for family. The fact is that you were together for 20 years and could not get married until laws had been passed right. so, to allow that. Correct. So in 2015, when the marriage equality passed, um, and it was weird. George and I didn't always think of, I always said it wasn't, it didn't make a difference in terms of us, um, but it did. Um, it did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think about all just even the <clears throat> the rights that I had in the hospital and um, in terms of, you know, afterwards, mm-hmm. in terms of the decisions that yeah. needed to be made. Yeah. And I was able to really follow George's wishes. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the the song, it's, it's interesting in terms of, um, you know, it's context in the play about this, this journey of, mm-hmm. of self-love and mm-hmm. overcoming adversity. But, you know, I think... It, there's some really universal themes 
that it addresses. And you know, I think when you grow up um, and you internalize maybe society's messages that you don't fit mm-hmm. society's idea of beauty mm-hmm. um, or you don't think that your life matters or you don't see that your love matters or, um, you know, the, the lyrics are, I don't need you to love me. I don't need you to love me. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to love. I don't need you to love. I got my mm-hmm. right, and then the the lyrics go on to say what this person has, and so we look for external validation for so much of our lives, and we come to some point where we say, it's whether mm-hmm. whether anyone loves me or not mm-hmm. outside of you know the, this external validation that I'm seeking, right, right. Um, that we have to come to the point of looking in the mirror to say, I, I matter. Yeah, that's right? is, is that part in the at the end of the song, and we'll get back to the beginning because I do want to get back there, but um, there's a part at the end of the song where, and I would say this song is, it's dynamic. I mean, it goes, to, it it changes tempo, it, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. changes mood, mm-hmm. um, but at the end, the conclusion yes. is where she says, But most of all, but most of all, I'm thankful for loving who I really am. I'm thankful for loving who I really am. Yes. And you and George had a love that was that was real. Yes. To actually see that you all let me into the into the hospital as, as well. You allowed me that privilege of coming in um, at the end. And to see that, you want to show that to the world and say, look, this is real. It's been five years, and I know you have struggled. Mm-hmm. And the song is, has, has this song in some ways been, I don't want to use the word comfort. You and I have talked about grief. Yes. We've both, yes. been, um, we've both lo- lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. What do songs like this do for you? I think a lot of people have a really hard time remembering when I say a hard time remembering, it's painful to remember. I hold gratitude in one hand and I hold grief in the other. They really do sit side by side. My notion of grief has changed a lot over the last five years. Um, unless my parents, my mom died when I was nine in a car accident. And my grandparents are both, my dad's dead. Like lots of folks are dead. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, and I had this notion of grief that, grief that you... You go through it and you come out on this other side that you have a period of sadness and then that's over. And then you're able to just reflect and like just remember the good times mm-hmm. or that, that the good times mitigate the sadness right. that you feel. And I will say that this is, this is not the case mm-hmm. with this. My notion of grief is different in that um, it is background music in my life. It constantly plays. It will be there. It's mm-hmm. always there. Mm-hmm. I can choose to tune into it. Mm-hmm. I can choose to turn it down, but this analogy of background music, mm-hmm. we're talking about music mm-hmm. and that's, mm-hmm. that it is, sense, it yeah. constantly plays. Mm-hmm. And there's times where I'll tune in and there's times where I maybe won't mm-hmm. let, let myself tune in mm-hmm. this much. Mm-hmm. Um, but this song um, has such incredible memories for me. Um, and this was the song that our dear Simone Sparks sang at yeah. George's Memorial. Mm-hmm. 
but the pictures we put to this really um you know illustrated our life got my house it still keeps the cold out mm -hmm. right got my chair when my body can't hold mm -hmm. out got my hands got my hands doing good like they're supposed to doing things, things like i'm supposed mm -hmm. to and george was an incredible cook mm -hmm. he was known for oh, all yeah. these incredible dishes that he mm -hmm. fixed so I, I remember the hot sauce that we took away from the memorial <laughs> service <laughs> a chili powder yes chili powder. it was chili yes, powder yes. that's right um and um but you know showing mm -hmm. my heart to the folks i'm supposed to mm -hmm. so the, there's just these images of not only us listening to this song throughout the years but also the ways in which um this imprint of how i memorialized mm -hmm. him um that went along with the lyrics mm -hmm. so well yeah. you know um it's interesting that you have come to this point in your in your journey with the grief, right? Mm -hmm. With with life and the cards that have been um, dealt, which takes us back to the color purple, right? Mm -hmm. So, the color purple, of course, a book that was a novel written by Alice Walker in 1982, and the central character of this film is a woman called Celie, a black woman mm -hmm. called Celie, um, and we should mention that George was black. <laughs> you, yes, you know. Yes. It's, I, we take it for, for granted that everyone knows George because he was such a, a big person mm -hmm. um, in, in so many ways. But, um, but Celie was a black woman um, who really struggled, you know, through life just kept hitting her down. Mm -hmm. And this song comes at the end of Act Two, which is the end of the show, on, mm -hmm. honestly. And um, I remember I saw this show in Chicago with my mother. And this song just brought you chills because she's looking back on all of this. Yes. You know, just as you've de you've described, looking back at all this, all that you all went through and all that you've gone through in this journey through in the last five years. Mm -hmm. And now you come to, to this point where you say, that is part of my life. Mm -hmm. It will always be, be part of my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, to stand here tall. Yes. The tallest tree, yes. right? Yes. Um, and I can still live a bountiful life. Yes. Even though I can still grieve what happened to me coming to this point. Yes. This is Cover Story with Stephanie Shanakan. We'll be right back. Now, now to the crux of the matter. We're going to talk about Fantasia and and Cynthia. When you asked me, I know we talked about what music you wanted to play at the at the service for George, um, and you wanted this song. Um, you sent me Cynthia's version <laughs> to look at. I knew Fantasia's, of course, but you made a point of sending me Cynthia's, and you were like. Stephanie, I think that this is the version I want. Um, so, so tell me why. Even in the even in the Broadway musical, I mean, it gets different treatments. I think the 2005 had more strings and more. It was a big. It was more orchestral number, mm -hmm. um, and it, it's like a 30-piece orchestra, right? But even in the revival, it was a little bit pared back compared to what the original was. Mm. Um, I mean, I I agree, and and I've since listened to several to I think that her studio recording too has that same mm -hmm. paired back 
mm-hmm. feel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you put it side by side with, with Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Fantasia's, of course, is part of the show, you know, yes. and, and she records it for an album I think she released in 2010, but it's still Fantasia. Yes. So how would you describe the difference, let's say, in their vocal aesthetics? It's, I don't know that I have the vocal vocabulary per se but I love Fantasia's voice it's a God-given instrument she's an incredible um, vocalist Not everyone can sing that, no, nor should oh, they. It's, a, it's right. a hard... Right, it's a hard song to sing. <laughs> <laughs> Not but, you know, there's, should. Um, yeah. Before, I mean, we were talking, you know, Jennifer Hudson has Oh, Jennifer it, Hudson right? has done that. And, and LaShawn's won the Tony in mm-hmm. 2006. For, for, and every one of these women bring really a unique, their own flavor to it. I would say Fantasia takes you to church. Um, there is a real sense of her... I would agree with that. Her mm-hmm. raw, her raspiness, mm-hmm. this... this when we know things about the artist's personal lives, then we think about, are they authentically inhabiting mm-hmm. this role? Mm-hmm. And we know a lot about Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Like, we know that she was she, on American Idol, so she was public. Right. Her, her life was public. Right. But she was, you know, sexually assaulted in mm-hmm. high school, dropped out of high school, was pregnant at 16. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in her book, talked about being functionally illiterate right um, and how challenging that was for her and so you know this this true story of overcoming adversity and so I can't separate that knowing those things about Fantasia when I hear her sing mm-hmm. it because it's this black woman who has lived a lot of this adversity and has lived through it It's not without controversy in terms of some of the things she just said about mm-hmm. feminine leadership or, you know, other things like that. But I can't separate what I know about her. So when I hear her sing it, I think vocally there is this real conviction. I think there's a lot of vocal gymnastics, though, that she puts into it mm-hmm. that don't resonate as much with me stylistically. But no one can take away the fact that she, I don't think anyone could hear Fantasia sing that and not feel something. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that she is, that makes the song believable. Yes. But I, I, do, I do take your point that some of that is certainly also what we know about her and her journey. Yeah. Which we don't know as much with Cynthia Erivo. That's exactly right. Like, I mean, I know that she was born in London. Mm-hmm. Her parents are from Nigeria. They were immigrants. Mm-hmm. Her parents separated early. Shout um, out to all the Nigerians, like <laughs> myself. <laughs> Carry on. And um, she has identified as queer, and she has been vocal about that journey for herself as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can't separate that from her as well as a gay man, knowing that that's mm-hmm. been part of her life experience. So that resonates with me as well. Mm-hmm. So when she says, I'm beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I'm beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. and I'm here. Mm-hmm. 
resonates in a different way as mm -hmm. well. So, you know, like mm -hmm. I said, I think there's some universal themes mm -hmm. here. And so sort of understanding what it's like to be a black woman in this country, in this world, actually, mm -hmm. um, and and be told that you're at the bottom of the pile when mm. it comes to beauty, mm. because the standards of beauty have not been, have, have been framed by Western mm -hmm. European culture. Mm -hmm. um, that line, I'm beautiful, yes. and the way he, they let it just stand by itself for yeah. a second, Yes. right? Yes. Is stunning. I think it's stunning. I think it's one of the stylistic differences that I see in the different versions as well in terms of how that, just that, those two lines mm -hmm. are delivered. Mm -hmm. So I've seen even live versions of it where someone belts that out. Mm -hmm. I'm beautiful, mm -hmm. right? And I, I think for that person, for that treatment of it, maybe that person feels that, mm -hmm. right? I know for me, when I look in the mirror, even as a man, mm -hmm. um, there's a still quiet voice that, that says, yes, mm -hmm. says I'm beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's not shouting, mm -hmm. it's not yelling, it, it's just this simple statement, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and now, at the end, the crescendo is I'm here. Of course. But mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I think that that, um, obviously I, I can't embody or know what that's like for mm -hmm. black women. Mm -hmm. um, um, I, I will we'll get to the, we'll actually have to, to rate these two, <laughs> um, but just before we get there, um, there's something that, that you said about Fantasia's version that I want to come back to, which is that she takes us to church. Mm -hmm. And I happen to know that you also have a background singing in a <laughs> black gospel <laughs> choir. So you know what this is, right? You uh, you understand the the approach right. to, to this kind of music. Sure, yeah. When I went to undergrad at University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, um, I joined the University of Illinois Black Chorus. Mm -hmm. So sang in the black chorus for... <laughs> A number of years as a student and then as a community member when I stayed on there. So it was a, a transformative, very transformative experience for me. Um, so Brian is a, is a white redhead. How many <laughs> white redheads were in the choir? <laughs> Actually, believe it or not, just over the years, other folks, there were peppered in white folks here and there kind of thing. But at a predominantly white institution, when I left the choral rehearsal room, I was in the majority again. But for those six hours a week of rehearsal, mm. and I was in travel choir, mm. very cognizant of the color of my skin. And um, yeah. and I think Fantasia has that background, too. Yeah, I mean, she grew up in the black church. Yes. And so she brings this to her version. Very much so. Um, Cynthia Arrivo grows up in England, right? Yeah, so so right. it's a different it's a different experience. They're both black women. But this is something I say all the time. Black women are not a monolith. You know, there are different identities among us as black women. Um, and this, I think these two ver versions is a great way of sort of showcasing that variance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Brian, um, I'm going to do what I always do, which is ask my guest to decide. The way I do it is that I ask to imagine a one to 100, right? We're going to allocate some of that number to Cynthia, mm -hmm. and some of that to Fantasia, all for a total of 100. All right. All so right. over to you, my friend. I, I feel like I didn't talk as much about why Cynthia's means so much in terms of just it. why mm -hmm. it is so 
meaningful to me. And I think it is the storytelling part. Mm-hmm. You know, if this was a college persuasive argument speech, right? Or right. a, I can come up, my list is sometimes maybe longer for Fantasia's version in terms of, like we said, I, I know her background a little bit. I think she embodies the spirit of the song, mm-hmm. I think. And yet I can have all those reasons in that column, but it's Cynthia's version that speaks to my spirit. It's Cynthia's version that I cannot hear that song without tearing up or crying. Mm-hmm. Um, I still let myself listen to it. Mm-hmm. I still play it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is so powerful in terms of her, just her simplicity and her storytelling. I don't need the runs. I don't need to go to church every day, right? I hear that small, still voice in Cynthia's version and it. That's what encourages me. That's what I hold on to. That's what um, keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's what will give how many points to sit. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I seriously thought that I was, I mean, I was like, oh, the Fantasia fans are going to kill me. But if I have to choose any day of the week, it's, it's Cynthia's version. And my numbers would be Heavy sigh. Heavy sigh. I love Fantasia's vocal talent. 90 to 10. 90 to 10, okay. Yeah, I mean, I still want, if there's a version, I want Cynthia's version. Okay, that's Um, 90 to 10. And if there's, um, I wouldn't want to not hear it. So if if Fantasia were to sing it, I'm not going to turn it off. (laughs) Um, But I just think, I think there's a, she is telling her story through it, mm-hmm. um, but I think the vocal gymnastics to me, the runs, it's just a story. And I love the treatment that mm-hmm. Cynthia gives it. Okay. And I think it's maybe maybe even a more universal story mm-hmm. because of the way she tells it. Um, I didn't know of the Cynthia version before you sent it to me for the service mm-hmm. for George. Um, and I loved it when I heard it. But I love the Fantasia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I would, I wouldn't invert your ninety ten. Mm-hmm. I think I would give it more sixty to Fantasia, and I, it might be because I'm a black woman, yes, right? And I, yes. and I study black music, yes, so I understand yes, the, yes. The, the the importance yes. of African American aesthetics. Yes. Um, so I love the Fantasia version. I also love her voice. Mm-hmm, you know, that's mm-hmm. all. It's one of bright. a kind. It's yes. bright. It's yes. very bright. Yes. Um, yes. So for that reason, I will give it 60 and give Cynthia 40. 40, okay. All right. Yeah. But we'll yeah. agree to disagree. Yeah. I mean, certainly. We'll still be friends. Yes. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian. Thank you so much for, you. For, for talking about this. I know we anticipated that it was going to be a little bit tough because this is such a song that's grounded in your relationship with mm-hmm, George. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we did it. Yes. I yes, think we did it. Yes. Okay, yes. Great. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Cover Story with Stephanie Shonikon. With me, Stephanie Shonikon. 
cover story with Stephanie Shanikon is produced by Janet Saidi, Ryan Famuliner, and editor Aaron Hay. With me, Stephanie Shanikon. Special thanks to my colleague Brian Anderson, recording engineer at the University of Maryland. That's it for this season of Cover Story, but that's not the end of the conversation. We'll still be here listening and discussing and plotting our next season. And you can stay in touch with us. Find us on Twitter at KBIA and at VoxMag and online at kbia.org. Also at voxmagazine.com. Thank you for joining us. Keep listening and keep in touch with us at Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikon.